So now I have developers that actually writing code every day and understand what they do. They understand the final product because they've been there. Hey, Tribers, you're listening to an interview with Nadav Solomon. He's a serial entrepreneur. He runs a startup from Israel. He's going to share his challenges, how he overcame them, his expansion to the U.S. market, tools that he loves to use, and much more. So stick around. You're listening to the E-Tribe podcast series, a podcast that inspires people to pursue their passion and become better at what they do. I'm Isar Matis, a serial entrepreneur myself, and I'm sitting down with other members of the E-Tribe, entrepreneurs, e-commerce experts, e-marketers, and other e-people. We come from different industries and different places around the world. Together, we discuss challenges, solutions, lessons learned, and tools that help us be more effective and make an impact in our world. Hi, everyone. Uh, this is a part of my uh, Israel tour, a part of the Startup Nation uh, set of interviews. Uh, today, I'm at Tabit. It's a uh, restaurant management uh, startup. I'm sitting here uh, with uh, Nadav Solomon, who is uh, one of the founders and the COO of the company. Thank you, Nadav, for uh, joining us. Thank you, Isar. So... You know, uh, we know very, very little about uh, the company and you. Uh, we know you're the CEO and the founder of the company. It would be great if you can start by telling us what brought you to where you are today. Uh, I, I'll tell everybody a little bit that it's not your first business. Uh, you know, Nadav is a serial entrepreneur and he's been doing a few things. So if you can tell us, A, kind of like a little bit of your story quickly on what brought you here, and B, uh, what made you start Habit. All right, so first of all, it's a pleasure uh, meeting you and having um, this opportunity to tell about our company and be part of this um, project. Um, my background in my previous life, um, I was a lieutenant commander in the Israeli Navy. I was in charge of all command and control systems, meaning running big operations, a lot of technology, a lot of people, different stakeholders in big organizations, and a lot of politics. <laughs> um, then um, I decided when I left to study biotechnology and food engineering in the Technion. It's like the Israeli MIT. And uh, um, I founded a company called Nextrum. We do um, biotechnology engineering for yeast production. So when you say we do, the company is still active. Yeah, the company is still active. I'm um, I'm shareholder and board member over there. Then I moved to work for Ernst and Young in running um, a consultancy group dealing with uh, biotechnology companies in Israel. How many years have you been at Ernst and Young? Two and a half years. Then I met Barry Shaked. It was 2014. He founded uh, a company. 37 years ago, called Retalix. Retalix um, was the biggest point-of-sale software company in the world for the grocery and the retail industry. Part of their customers were Publix, Publix um, Carrefour, Tesco, Target. Small um, startups. Small startups, <laughs> yeah. And I think about 16, 17 of the biggest uh, grocery um, stores were uh, Barry's customers. 
in 2009, Barry left the company and retired, went to play golf. And um, I had the luck to meet him when I was uh, exploring this uh, point-of-sale industry. Um, by meaning luck, I mean in what's luck? Luck is a combination of hard work that meets opportunity. So we had, you know, great time together. Uh, we, we understood that we can actually uh, disrupt this market. We understood that point-of-sale systems, 90%, 95% of the market are legacy point-of-sale systems um, for the restaurant industry, led by Micros, Oracle Company, and NCR. And that we can actually bring something new to the to this industry. That's all. That was five and a half years ago, 2014. So, okay, so now we know what brought you here and what made you start the company. Tell us a little bit about the company. What the company does, what do you do a little differently than other people? Sure. So, Tabit is a 360 platform for restaurant operations, meaning we cover all stakeholders in the restaurants with our technology. So what is it for generation POS? For generation POS is applications, talking to applications, talking to applications for different stakeholders within the same restaurant. So the server gets his user interface. He can get all information he needs only in one screen. He can talk with five, six different diners at the same time. We call it conversational ordering taking. Then we have the kitchen display, the manager, the owner, the guest station, the, sorry, the host station, the greeter, all right? And of course, the customer can pay and see his um, history in his mobile phone. And all of this is kind of ecosystem, all right? So that's the difference. So now I want to talk a little bit about the business side. Sure. So you're a co-founder, you're one of the owners of the company, you're the COO of the company, you're in a startup business that's been around for a few years, raised a little bit of money. Uh, by the way, is the company profitable? Is that something that you can say? Yeah, so the Israeli business unit, which is about 500 uh, restaurants, uh, top two restaurants so far, uh, with say 35 employees, just the Israeli business unit, is profitable. Okay. So that's kind of where the business is. What has been your biggest challenges in your position as a founder and as a COO in the last 12 months, 18 months? So the recent history of the company, what were the biggest issues you had to deal with and, and go one by one and tell us how you dealt with them? Sure. So listen, when you have co-founders, right? So you have usually... Uh, I found my best mate, right? Yes. So Barry and I think about our vision. We think about the things we want to create. And now it's all about the application. It's like a DNA. You know, I'm a biotechnology engineer. That's sure. how I think. <laughs> so we created this DNA. Um, we brought on board also a great guy. His name is Idan. He's our VP Products. And the three of us sit together, think about the stuff, what we want to create, the vision of the company. And now we need to duplicate it and to find people. That's, I think, the challenge. To find the people 
that understand the vision, that understand the atmosphere of the, of the company that we want to create and to target them and to hire them, right? And to make sure they feel comfortable and they bring value to the company. Because we definitely believe that the market is huge. And there are 2 million restaurants out there, right? And only Micros and NCR has about 50% of the market. We can disrupt it, definitely. We just need to find the right people, the right team to do that with us. Okay. I, I love what you're saying, that at the end of the day, it's about the people who make, who make the magic happen. Yeah. Walk me through that. You're saying, I need to find the people with the right DNA. How do you know? Okay. So, back then, we sat down and thought, how are we going to do it? Okay. Luckily, we are in a business that a lot of people understand the business. There are a lot of um, workforce in this business. Sure. You know, most of us, like 60% of my friends started out their career or in a gas station or in a restaurant uh, staff, right? Serving staff. So some of these people already, uh, you know, left the business, but others actually made great career over there. Now, a restaurant is a very interesting business because it's like a factory. But not only that you have to produce the food, you also have your um, uh, customers in the factory. And yes. everything is happening very fast. So then we understand we're going to take all of our um, development team, all of our um, customer success team, marketing team, from the restaurant industry. We need to find people that had back restaurant background, that worked in a restaurant at least three, four years back then and understand the business. So now I have developers that actually writing code every day and understand what they do. They understand the final product because they've been there. Fantastic. So you're basically saying that your DNA, I'll go and yeah. use back your chemistry uh, reference, um, is is a hardcore understanding of the restaurant industry. Yes, I think I, I believe it is because otherwise, you know, there are I don't know five hundred different point of sale companies out there, right? Everyone these days can build a point of sale, can buy a code of point of sale, and duplicate it. We deal with processes. We deal with experience. We deal. We want to get to the point where restaurant owner runs his business based on numbers and not based on gut feelings, which, sure. by the way, 95% of them open up restaurants because they just know how to cook food or they like to host people. Sure. We want to make a business. And it's very interesting because when you look at our business results, so we've been able to increase per person average check between 10 to 15%. We've been able to reduce uh, table turn time by 80% because everything works flawlessly. Sorry, table turn time is uh, 12 to 15 minutes. 80% okay. is server's mistake, okay? Okay. Um, everything uh, works very smoothly. And at the end of the day, their servers and the serving staff making more tips. Sure. Because now they can run the operation with less servers. Understood. Uh, 
Okay, so challenge number one was how you take the vision and find the right people to make it real. Yeah. Talk to me through other challenges, major things that you had to deal with in the last yeah. year and a half. About 18 months ago, we decided, uh, we started out uh, our first um, US-based customers. Okay. So now we need to make sure that everything is um, under compliance with US regulations, meaning tax, payment, right? Um, because in a restaurant in the US, the tax is different than in a restaurant in Europe, right? So that was a big challenge for us. Uh, we came uh, um, to the point where we have now um, a good Dallas team. Now we're building our Miami team. And again, we decided to do the marketing over there through restaurant leaders like we did here in Israel. So all the operations and all the expansion of our business is going to be through industry leaders. So we're going to find over there like we did in Dallas, like we did in Miami, also in other city, cities, um, big chefs, big names. We're going to show that we can tackle them, make their business even better than what they think they have now. Um, and then, of course, uh, we'll use a lot of viral spread and word of mouth uh, power right, to do that. So let me take you a step back. So you talked about a challenge of going internationally. Yeah. I assume a lot of our community f faces similar situations. Sometimes it's not even going internationally. It's going from a small one thing to how you replicate it in a different place. Uh, what are your recommendations? Kind of like lessons learned that saying, oh, okay, if I had to do this again, the first three things I would do would be? Excellent question. It's hard. really, you. really, it's Actually, it's very interesting now because I, you, you are, we are in Israel now, right? Yeah. You came for a tour. This, I think, this part of this project. A lot of us as Israeli think that we know how the world works because it works in Israel. So, so first uh, 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 conclusion is listen. Open your ears and listen. Try to get as uh, many people on board that can actually tell you how it's going uh, to be out there. Second, visit conferences and try to mitigate gaps through conferences and meetings with people. You don't need to install a restaurant in order to know if it would work. First of all, you can do, I don't know, 100, 200 uh, sales presentations. So if I go back to your military background, you're saying start with reconnaissance mission. Yeah. Right, go out there, check what's working, what's exactly. not working, who's exactly. doing what before you make any actual moves. Exactly, intelligent. Right, you, you need to work uh, uh, very carefully with customers, especially in the B2B business, because, and especially for us, where we create, we use, and we rely on viral spread and word of mouth. You know, use the clout of big chef. Uh, to, to, to spread out the word. So let me ask you an interesting question because it's, uh, what you're saying again is a question I'm sure a lot of people are asking themselves and you're at the point you're about to make that move in the US which might be interesting to have another interview in, in a year or six months but the difficulty and the risk of going to the top of the pyramid 
is that one, it's very hard to get to those people and convince them to make a dramatic change, like changing the way they run their business, which is practically what you're selling. It doesn't matter. It's a restaurant. You're telling them, I'm going to help you to run your business, even though you've been doing it for 20 years. I'm going to show you how to do it better. That's kind of like problem number one. Problem number two, you mess it up with Gordon Ramsay, you probably going to have an issue with getting into other places in the U.S. So you're playing at the blue chip table at Vegas at the final table, but that's the first game you're playing. Exactly. So walk me through this. So that actually was my third point, trust. You need to build trust. Okay. Okay, how you build trust. First of all, know what you're talking about. Okay. Fair. Don't do and don't try to sell something that you don't have, especially in the U.S. market. Uh, which is sometimes different than the Israeli or European market, um, but people will actually would like to see uh, everything live running and working. Um, so we started out in Dallas about 18 months ago, and I heard that the baker of uh, Martha Stewart opened up a coffee shop in uh, North Dallas. So we targeted this lady, and we decided to show her, you know, our umbrella. And then we understood that some of the features that she wants, we don't have them, right? So we, back, uh, we went back to the drawing table and we, we just, you know, we, we stayed with her and we told her, you know what? We're, we're going to consult you. You're going to take another POS system. We're going to consult you and be with you implementing other uh, POS uh, system. So we gain her trust. We do it for, you know, for no consideration. Sure. Just being out there because she's no, she's no nothing about technology. Yeah. So it becomes a part of your intelligence mission. Exactly. As well as you create a relationship. Exactly. That's what we also did with uh, um, MasterChef Tiffany Derry back in Dallas. Then we heard, then we felt that we are at the point that we can actually go and tackle the big guys. We heard that the uh, fine kettle beef uh, uh, reseller, um, um, I think it was the finest one in Dallas. Now we're talking Texas, right? He's opening up a steakhouse. And I told my guys, guys, that's going to be our showcase. By the time we got, the, we got to him, we already have everything in place. And uh, the rest is history. Now we're just getting a lot of uh, phone calls from people seeing our system. So listen, it's our, our system is, is different than other products. So we are out there. So we know how to utilize the fact that everyone can see our system because they dine in restaurants. Yes. You know? I think you're touching on another point without really saying it, but it's something that I see and talk to a lot of startups who don't necessarily work that way. You have absolute and complete trust that your product works flawlessly. Yeah. Is that right? It's right. I'll tell you another funny story. Sometimes, uh, my friends know uh, in Israel, I get phone calls from big chefs and restaurant owners calling me and saying, Hey, Nadav, can you recommend me of a good uh, oven or coffee machine? Or who is the best uh, napkin suppliers? In I don't know nothing about <laughs> coffee machines. But we became their trusted partner, That's their fantastic. trusted technology partner. Yes. And when, because, you know, we deal with their money. Tabit, um, today, 
processes about $1.2 billion per year. By the end of 2019, we're going to process $1.5, $1.6 billion per year for our customer. We're about to, we're a little bit at the end of the interview, and I want to touch on one more point. Sure. Um, a lot of our community are, are executives in companies and, and people similar to you. What are your go-to resources, tools, technologies, apps, management <laughs> stuff that you're saying, if you take this away from me, I'm going to have a much harder life as a manager? Sure, sure. So, um, so let's start from employees because I say that's the most important thing. Sure. We use LinkedIn a lot. Okay. We do use also headhunters and uh, other uh, professionals for, for finding people, but we use LinkedIn a lot. Okay. And we use a lot uh, um, our ecosystem that we've created. We actually created a community in Israel of about 50,000 people just in Tel Aviv that uh, help us, right? Okay. Um, second thing, Logzi.io. Okay. It's a dashboard company providing great tools for monitoring all your, our servers and so logs. Logz.io. Okay. Uh, very recommended. Of course, Jira. Yes. Uh, everyone knows Jira, so we run a lot of our uh, stuff over there, and uh, we we are very happy using uh, AWS uh, as um, as uh, servers. Uh, we've been working with them, I think, for four years. We started out as a small startup, so we used um, Midlayer, Eroco. Uh, we took a lot of the tools from there, and then we decided to upgrade our system to AWS. Okay. Uh, how can people find you? If people want to get in touch with you, ask you questions or recommend stuff, or, or they have restaurants and they heard <laughs> the podcast and they want to know more, Sure. Uh, LinkedIn, Twitter. Yeah, so LinkedIn, just uh, Nadav Solomon. Uh, uh, they can find me also through our website, www.tabit.cloud. Just leave, me, uh, leave us a message over there and my guys will uh, direct it to me. Fantastic. Anything else you want to add? Or Thank you, first of all, for this opportunity. Sure. Uh, we love to host you here. Uh, Barry uh, just, uh, you know, um, is missing today. But I'm sure that uh, maybe we'll have the second chapter uh, with him in a couple of months. Amen. That would so, be great. So thank you so much, Nadav. This was uh, really fascinating and interesting. I wish you all the luck in your U.S. expansion. Thank you. And we'll probably be in touch to see how things are going in a few months. That would be great. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, Tribers, I hope you enjoy this great interview. If you have, please share this with your friends and your colleagues. If you'd like access to similar content or you would like to get the notes and the resources mentioned in this interview, please visit us at theetribe.com, where you can find other great interviews like this one, as well as many resources and tools which can help you grow or start your business. We would love it if you would join the eTribe, either as a member or as a contributor. You can do that on the website as well. I hope you would listen to us next time. And until then, have a great day.